Patsy. Yeah. What's one thing that you're actually enjoying about the new world you found yourself in? I like this new invention that has. You know how you're in something, but the only way out's the door. And, like, you get through the door and, like, you're just inside there, but you can't see outsides. So, like, they must have been working real hard at Gizmodon. Like, real hard. And, like, now, like, even in this, like, this flying ship, they have uh, holes in the side, but they ain't holes. They have something in it. It's, it's like force. Like, before you could just, you could just take an axe and put a hole in the side of your house and you could see outsides. But now they have, like, this force substance in those holes. That's the coolest thing about this modern world. That thing you can touch and it ain't there, but it's there. What the fuck was wrong with Pine Barrow? <laughs> <laughs> what was it? They didn't have windows or glass? I guess. They had windows, just, we just called them households. <laughs> and, it, and it wasn't like geometric shapes. It wasn't fine. We just, we just axed it. Last time on Queer Dungeoneers. Flying on the airship Jolene, our titular thief sustained a concussion during a rowdy game of squirrel hucking. Nim stopped a rebellion of snakes. For now. But in the process, lost her powers for a while. And that's a big problem when she's supposed to be a cat. Greasy Daniel, wielding a rat trying to beat its way out of his hands with its little wings, comes down the stairs and sees that the giant robot on his plane has moved and suitably says, What the fuck is going on here? Why is that robot there instead of somewhere else? Uh, I've I've got a rat and I'm not afraid to use it. What's your deal, robot? I think he starts pacing up to the robot. I can't do anything. I'm just sitting in the corner. I'm like, um, do you have the wand? Yes, I, I, yes. I, I mean, I don't know if using it is a good idea, but I don't know. Oh my gosh. It's fine. It's fine. We'll just, it's fine. Here I come. Ready or not. Robot, what's your business? I think he like kicks it with his foot. Ow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you do not give up your secrets easily. Maybe the snakes will know something. Gotta give them this rat anyway. He starts to kind of like edge around the robot. Where you all are. No, where are you? are hiding behind boxes. We're behind crates. We're not behind the cage. Yeah. So we're watching this from like around the back of a crate. Okay. That's working well for you. Uh, the only complication here is as he sticks the rat through the cage, the snakes very quickly devour it. Uh, but then they do something a little bit strange, which is they all point in your direction because they are fucking snitches. <laughs> <laughs> what a bunch of bastards. That's counter-revolutionary. <laughs> that is. I was going to say, I like grab Kamora's hand and try and like inch around yeah. out of the side of the snakes. I think I'm going to make the clonk wonk essentially just wake up and move. Oh my good lords! He is spooked and he stumbles back and knocks over the boxes that you are both hiding behind. The boxes are tumbling onto your position. I'm going to let them tumble. Holy crap! I want to defend Kumara. Like, 
shield her with my body and let them fall on me, because, like, if they're on us, then we can't be seen. Okay, roll me constitution, so roll a defend. Seven. Seven, that's yeah. just alright enough. So with one hold, you can choose, obviously, to take the damage in place of someone else. So I would say at this point, uh, Nim, you would take a D8 of damage. Oof. So I'm on 12 health from a fucking box. You don't even really see it, but basically, he points at the robot and is like, I was never here! Get that? I was never here! And then he runs up the stairs. Ow! Kamora's going to um, try and cast Unseen Servant. Oh, to uh, lift boxes again. Yeah, more box lifting. This is all this skill that's been fucking used for. <laughs> but yeah, just so like we have an extra pair of hands mm. that can hold things. Yeah, you summon a servant and it is not seen. The unseen servant uh, spends some time lifting boxes off of you and you both manage to pry yourself free. You're both a little bit winded from this experience, but Cremora, you're pretty much unscathed, just a bit dusty. Okay, um, so upstairs, Jolene and Patsy... What is breaking? Not Steve's tibia. I think Steve says, Ow. Wow. If I have heard the languished cries of people across battlefields, <laughs> death throes from warriors that have seen fields of death, that's the most gruesome thing I've ever heard. <laughs> oh, my tibia hurts. Oh, well. It'll be fine. I don't know who it will be. This is my last moments. I'm telling you that you'll be fine. And I'd never fibia about a tibia. No, uh, no, I'm definitely dying. No, this is great. Everyone clear the room. Get my journal. I'm dying. This is perfect. And he sort of limps over to a cabinet and he pulls out his journal and a big quill. And he sits in a corner and uh, very moodily starts writing something. (laughs) (laughs) Are you doing poetry there? Poetry? Poetry. This is creative nonfiction. Okay, uh, Mr. Depressor Repressor. I'm gonna throw up now. And she just throws up on the floor, and there is just blood soaking down the back of her shirt. Don't worry, I got it, and I use the mop against the back. How ironic. The mop cleans up her wound when it broke my leg and entire life. Ah, you'll get through it. Just whistle away the pain. I heard that helps a lot. I don't whistle. Well, it sounds like you're a deep, troubled individual, working through some things through a creative outlet. Please stop talking to me. Oh, no, I'm I'm talking uh, to Jolene, Jolene. Keep it that way. Uh... His tibia may eventually fix, but I don't think our relationship wills. Hey, everyone. I just wanted to say everything's perfectly normal in the cargo hold. Greasy Dan out. <laughs> and he goes into the other corner to the one where uh, Steve is writing his poetry and pulls out some ships and goes... Patsy. Yeah? Can you find Cremora? Just I know. <laughs> splat. <laughs> She's, right, she's right. passed out. Oh, dear. I'll, I'll, I'll just leave the, like, map. You holds on to that. You put it in her <laughs> hand, she's just face down. <laughs> Murder scene. It's fine, it'll look like we're doing our works. This... I'm, I'm gonna go try and find, uh... I think eventually you make your way to the cargo hold. 
What does he walk in on? (laughs) (laughs) Nim's like trying to push it before the magic has totally come back. And I think she's got like claws and ears and a tail and maybe like a bit of fur, but she's not quite a cat yet. Ah, fuck. If you're getting there, maybe maybe just wait until your magic actually fully comes back. I'm going to be honest, this is mildly unsettling. (laughs) And Patsy walks in. Oh, it's you. I lose their companions. I think we've done pretty well with the clean-up upstairs. That's good. Yeah, all the snakes are back. Things went fine, like as fine as general casualties go, like a tibia and... Sorry, Sorry, somebody broke their tibia. (laughs) Well, like, yes, because, like, you know, when you're mopping, you're mopping at, like, leg level. But I'm I'm not usually a cleaner. Like, usually when I'm holding something, like... Like a map, it's it's generally as we call it a spear. You know, I'm getting used to things again. Things are coming back, and it was just a little bits of muscle memory. There was a tibia in the way, and it wasn't okay. But sorry, whose tibia did you break? Um, was it Jolly Jolene's? No, um, no, I did. I did give hers a, a concussion. You gave Jolly Jolene <laughs> a concussion. It's fine. It's fine. So we we were trying to catch the, the 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 flying rats, and like we weren't high enough to do it. But we were like, what if we combined our hats and centrifugal force? And I just sort of spun around and hucked you in th- a direction. You threw our friend. To be fair, it was hers idea. That in no way surprises me. Yeah, that sounds like Jolene. Whoa! You was like half sways between the ways of Yeah, seasons, I you know. know. You, give me a sec. Boop. I'm a cat again. Ah, it's good to get your mojo back. That's... And I'm going to go up and check on Jolene. Yeah, I'm going <laughs> to situate yeah. Hong Kong's in the right places and I'm going to follow back up. When you park with Hong Kong, you were moving around before, it does make a sort of mild, like, beep, beep, beep noise. Was that like a new tunes or something? I don't know. I didn't. I've never heard them make that noise before, but I don't have a whole lot of exposure to them. I was going to roll Detect Magic. Okay, to see if there's anything that you wouldn't expect. Yeah. Okay, that's a seven, eight, nine, ten. Okay, so you cast Detect Magic. Obviously, the Kong Kong have a magical component to them. I think the actual thing that this reveals is that this one is looking a little less magical than normal. And you realise you haven't really charged it. Oh. No, that's fine. We can work with this. I don't have the one of lightning bolts anymore because I turned that into a god-killing weapon. Um, Wait, what's happening? Okay, so you see these things? Yes. These are called clonkwonks. They required a charging. When we originally encountered them, they were charged by lightning. Oh, so we just need to charge it? Yes. I charge it. So, Cremora... Uh, you see Patsy start charging at this robot. I think I'm gonna, like, try and position the, like, limbs and spiky bits in a way such as he's actually, he's not actually gonna get hurt by it. So I think that's done easily enough. The real challenge here is how the Clonkwonk holds up. Um, so would you like to roll a hack and slash versus our good friend Clonkwonk? That is a nine. So roll your damage. (laughs) Oh my god, that was a nine! You managed to, like, severely dent this clonk-wonk. Patsy. Yeah, I got it. If you ever do that again, I'm... No, please never do that again. 
Wow, so is it not charged? No, I mean... Do I need to do this again? No, Patsy, stop. Oh. So upstairs, near me here, walk, kitty, 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 come have you a snack. And uh, Romeo Jolene comes up to you and he puts down a dish in front of you that's got some meat on it. <laughs> he just looks down and like gives you a big wink. I roll my eyes, pick up the meat, walk over to his daughter and sit on her back and drop the meat on her forehead. Wow, Jolene, are you playing uh, Flawsies? Why are you playing the air as lava? Jolene? Why, she never used to stop talking. (laughs) Why, that is a lot of tomato sauce, what she's... Oh, dear. (laughs) Why, walk me down the plank and feed me to the fishes. And he runs over, Jolene! I think he, like, picks you up and takes you into one of the cabins and makes sure you're, like, well taken care of. I think for the rest of the night, he's just, like, constantly, like, running between, like, the front deck where he's got to actually do shit and then back to the cabin to check that you're okay. I'm, like, staying with Jolene and every time, like, she nearly goes to sleep, I, like, bat her with my kitty paw because you're not supposed to go to sleep if you have a concussion. Oh, she's passed out. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Jolene's dead. <laughs> the air is lava. <laughs> <laughs> so I think we pass out of this current day because... <laughs> because fuck. what the fuck? What was that? Jolene, you wake up just in time in the evening to look out the household and see something really weird. At first you think you must be, like, hallucinating, but... No, you're not. The sky is just this really strange concoction of colours. Blues and greens and some tinges of purple are hanging in the air. And I think at this point the others on the ship would start to notice too. It's incredibly pretty. But it also, being in this ship like this, it casts a weird kind of light, like this weird greenish-purple light that makes the whole thing feel kind of strange and a bit supernatural. Nim is doing that, like, cat thing. You know like, a cat stares out the window and its eyes are huge, and you're like, pretty sure you're possessed by now. Nim <laughs> is doing that. Kamora uh, just, like, absentmindedly, like, scratches Nim behind the ears while, like, staring out with the same expression, like, just, like... And I think uh, Jolien's dad comes in again and is like, Why would you look at that aurora tonight? Well, isn't that something special that we're getting to see right here with our hearts? You know, it travels around the world, only occasionally taking prey. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's fine. It only eats vegetation. That's why we call it the Arboreal Aurora. (laughs) That's bad, though. Don't we have, like, food stores? Well, but that could be really bad. Why, shoot, don't we have food stores? Oh, no, I gotta get us out of this. (laughs) Someone go watch the vegetables. (laughs) goes to watch the vegetables. They just kind of sit there. <laughs> also, it's kind of weird to the rest of the crew that he says, go watch the vegetables and the cat gets <laughs> up. <and goes> <laughs> yeah. Oh, don't worry, the cat's on it. Egg is just like, yeah. what the You heck? just stays where you are, quiet Steve. I know you can't really walk too well. <laughs> <laughs> I think as an art project, quiet Steve has made like a, a small like uh, paper tombstone that he's kind of like wearing <laughs> on his head. <laughs> <laughs> and he's now just completely not talking to anyone as he continues writing. I'm gonna wait until Quiet Steve is asleep 
and then I'm gonna go destroy the fuck out of that paper mache tombstone. When he eventually awakes, you just hear in like the lowest tone that still seems to reverberate through the whole ship. It's like I died twice. <laughs> let's do another one, hey? <laughs> yeah, let's just get this one over with, hey? Let's get through these. Let's get uh, let's get out of the sky. This is the last one, y'all. Wow, sure am glad we got out of that very, very bad cloud the other day. It's very bad when there are bad clouds and (laughs) the sound of thunder cracks through the ship. Oh my, it is quite wet and rainy and I would like to get out of this cloud immediately. Why, folks, just hang on to your hats. This turbulence will be over soon. Do not worry. I'll stay where you are. Please make sure your seatbelts are fastened. The cat would like to jump out the window and turn into an air elemental, please. That's a lot to take in. (laughs) (laughs) That's such a sentence. Okay, so you bust open the window, jump out, and turn into an elemental. Uh, If anyone's still in the ship... Uh, you would hear Egg going, oh, come on, who are, who left the window open? It's a storm. Oh, my God, it's getting so wet in here. I'm going over and closing it. Yeah, okay, roll me to turn into an elemental. Ten. Okay, with a ten, you turn straight into an air elemental. You are a windy gal. Whoosh. And I'm going to go try and keep us on course. Like, if there's any, like, wind that's, like, blowing us from the side or from the front, I'm going to, like, use my windiness. To try and keep us moving in the direction we want to be moving in. Okay, I guess that's a move. Use your windiness to help an airship stay on course. Is anyone else doing anything during this storm? We need to recharge that clonk clonk. And I can't think of a better way to do it than with this storm. Jolene, mm. can I borrow your crowbar? Why? Just, I'll explain later. Just, this is a golden opportunity. There's silver linings on these storm clouds, etc. Are you going to break into this? Here. We can loot the box as well, it's all. No, I'm not looting the boxes. Just give me the. <laughs> Julie, just give me the fucking crowbar. I throw it at her. Ow! <laughs> she's going to scuttle down to the cargo hold. She's going to. She's going to get the clonk clonk to hold onto the crowbar. Then she's going to try and open the doors as little open as they can go. Like, as the smallest opening that will fit a crowbar and some clonk clonk hands out. <laughs> This sounds like a dexterous action to me. Defy danger dexterity. No! Dexterous as fuck. That is a 14, I believe. Shit, yeah, you do it. You just nudge open the dock just the slightest bit and stick this metal rod out and then the the clonk clonk is attached to it now. But there's a small problem. This is right, right on the bottom of the ship and the ship seems to have its own grounding that seems to be stopping these lightning bolts. Now, our air elemental outside, you're buzzing around the ship and you see the bottom of the ship just open up slightly and a little bar stick out. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to stick my wind head in and just be like, Kamara! Oh, God! Yes, hi! hi. (laughs) Okay, yes, hello! I see what you're doing. Is there any, like, metal wire in there? I look around, is there any metal wire immediately apparent to me? Could you please roll me discern realities? That is a... Eight. What here is useful or valuable to me? 
Uh, probably that wire, hey. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that, do you know, you might just be right. There's a big box full of metal wire that says Wire & Co. And it's kind of half open from when all the boxes fell over and kind of looks dented and... Uh, yeah, you're probably not going to get a very good like postage review on that one. That's fine. That's that's Romeo Jolene's problem. I'm just going to open the box and get the wire out and just. Can you hold things when you're like this, or can you? Yes, essentially. Okay. Yes, I take the wire and I go and I wrap it around the grounding stick. And you do that just as a bolt of lightning strikes down next to you, oh. runs down the wire and into the clunk wonk. And the clunk wonk kind of glows with power for a second as it's charged back up. And it makes kind of happy little doo-doo-doo-ding. I'm honestly genuinely amazed at that one. <laughs> Shortly after, I mean, I assume you return the wire and everything <laughs> in some state. There's a lot of, like, water now in the team. <laughs> you guys are ruining this entire power shit so snakes. bad. It's fine. We have to save the, the snakes world. are genuinely frazzled. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I mean, you're assholes, but I'm still sorry. Screws. Yeah, fuck you too. Romeo gets you out of the storm, and the clouds clear, and they look on over Gizmodon. It's a fairly large city. But it's not super built up, even though it's quite technological. There's there's a lot of like rivers running through it, and it's actually quite well, like, forested still. On the horizon, you can see your first glimpse of the border forest. This huge expanse of trees with a lush purple canopy. All right, folks, so we're coming in for a landing. This is our destination, Gizmodin. Here we are dropping all of the metal wire. And snakes, <laughs> as well as several other goods that are not long and tubular. <laughs> <laughs> no, wait, I'm thinking about it. Nope, they certainly are all long and tubular. Never mind. Well, there's ropes, there's uh, coils, and there's a... Uh, Oh my, the ground is mighty close, isn't it? <laughs> you just feel the ship just like go like way up for something like <laughs> As you kind of pull in for a landing very loudly. And now you're on the ground. I uh, will also say our uh, cleaning staff will believe in us at this time. <laughs> we'll find some others in the bar or something. I know, we'll make do. Maybe Quiet Steve can do something for once. <laughs> I can't. I'm dead. Meg's just like, wait, they're only here for one destination? Wait, what? This doesn't make sense. Why, everything is perfectly in order? <laughs> all right, now I will just personally see the cleaning staff off of the ship while you all unload the cargo. I do make sure to make their uh, big metal orbs available to the cleaning staff. They are cleaning orbs. <laughs> <laughs> So many problems with what's going on here. <laughs> Who are you people? <laughs> you, you can't know things. <laughs> I do a like mystery jazz hands with my paw, and then I jump out the fucking window. <laughs> <laughs> I think Jolene. I think Romeo takes your side. While I'm sure it was good to see you after all this time, your friends certainly are uh, people. 
Oh, except for the one that is not. They keep me safe. And I like being around them. Last polls at the end of the day. That is the only thing that counts. Dad. Can you go back and see Mom? Well, Jolene, there are some things that are better left undone. Dad! Like the dishes, you Dad, know? Dad, no! The problem is, once you start doing them, you know, the dishes, I mean, or uh, going back and fulfilling your familial requirements, you just can't stop doing them, and I'm living the sky life. Dad, you can't relate family problems to the fact that you're, sh- you're shit at doing the... You're doing chores. You're shit at doing chores, Dad. You're just shit at doing chores. <laughs> I would know. I did all of them for you. Well, that's not fair. I, uh... Oh, well, I suppose you did. Dad, just... Mom misses you. Lisa misses you. Fine, I miss you as well, okay? Can you just come back and have dinner together? We like what it was before. I just, I just want that again. Jolene, things things ain't what they are before. There are big metal things in the sky and big metal orbs that walk on the ground. My daughter kills gods. I don't think we should think anything's gonna be how it was. Just be happy it was like that when it was like that. Dad, I missed you. Well, I missed you too, but I got people that rely on me here and there. Yeah, they seem like they really do need a lot of minding. (laughs) (laughs) One of them has a broken leg, did you know? No, he doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, quiet. Steve is the same in every trip. Well, it starts off quiet as anything, and then he continues quiet but moody. But you know what? In the next leg, he's gonna be singing ballads. Okay. I actually prefer the second stage to the third stage, but... Wait, what's the third stage? Well, the, the third stage is the singing the ballads. Oh, wait, what's... Wait. Oh, Right. <laughs> I, I know I, we're not the smartest family. <laughs> no, we are not. No, like, I, I was kind of like, uh, kind of half passed out on the floor in my own vomit. Oh, yeah. That was a bit worrying. Take care of yourself a little bit better. Uh, no. <laughs> I wouldn't have it any other way. Be careful, Fly! And she gives him a hug and then runs away. And as you run away, what goes unseen by anyone is dozens of snakes making their way out of the cargo hold and into Gizmodon. Dun, dun, dun! That's my favorite spell, Unseen Serpent. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. All our love to our new Patreon supporters. Drew from the Podcast Dragon, who you can find on Twitter at Pillow Creek, and Imagination. You're both helping so much. Just a quick note that Queer Dungeoneers has a new trailer and is open for promo swaps. 
Send us a message if you have a show and you're interested. Speaking of which... Attention, new agents. This is me, Dr. Byron Brimstone, director of the OMEM. That's the Office for Occult Monitoring, Examination, and Negation. I'm here to give you a short intro into the adventures of the OMEN Investigations team. Join us on a comedy role-playing podcast set in the modern world, where three agents travel the globe to deal with demons, cultists, and conspiracy theories. Follow the exploits of Koala Jackson, an amnesiac Australian with a dark history. Yeah. Annabelle St. John, a gun-sticking girl from the Deep South. Is it a gun coal or is it a pony coal? And Dr. Martin, a disgraced former professor from Sweden. I mean, I am from Sweden. If you like listening to people search for monsters, aliens, entities from beyond the void and other such hoo-ha, then you should check out Omen Investigations on all good podcast apps. Bibstone out. Dolores, remind me why we're podcasting our top-secret operations again. Because I'm funny, Mr. Bonstein. Right. <laughs>